we're, uh, those videos are going to be available. One of the things we want to do is get this message spread a little further than just this room here. <coughs> so that's part of why we uh, present that, uh, make those available. Again, my name is Daniel Mace. I've been a pastor for going on eight years now. I'm from California and uh, by way of Michigan. I pastored in Michigan for seven years and now this last year has been here in Illinois. This is my friend Chad. Chad, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Chad. It's, my name is Chad Cruiser. I'm married. Uh, I've been actually married for just over a month now, so hey, I'm still man. a newlywed. Well, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's where I met Daniel. And I have been traveling around for the last six, maybe six and a half years, putting on seminars about the Bible, Bible prophecy, creation, um, but basically biblical topics. And so we are excited to dive into the Antichrist. And we'll be looking at various subjects throughout this seminar. And what are we going to do, Daniel? Today we're going to be talking about Antichrist, the impersonator. The impersonator, who, why the impersonator? This guy is acting and looking like Jesus, the Antichrist. And by the time you are done with this first half hour, I think you're going to be interested to say and excited to say, wow, we have seen how the Bible shows the Antichrist tries to mimic or impersonate Jesus Christ. And... Uh, you know, we, we've got a video here, Chad. we got a video. What, how did we get this video? Basically, we went downtown in Chicago. We took a, a video camera, and we went down. We interviewed people to see what their opinions were about biblical topics, and particularly the Antichrist, since we were putting on this seminar. So let's take a look at it. Okay, we're going to take a look at this video right here. Keep your eye on the screen. Do you know if the Antichrist is a person, is a system, is a group of people? Do you know that? I would have to say it's more like a system. What do you think about the Antichrist? Is he somebody, or is he something? Is he a system? What is it? Uh, I'd say just an idea, kind of evil, or whatever people think are bad. You know? So there were Antichrists in the time of Jesus, and there are probably people who don't believe in the Christ even today. So do you think the Antichrist uh, is a person, many persons, or a system? Well, from what is said in the New Testament, the Antichrist was many people. What is the Antichrist to you? Is it a system? Is it a person? Is it a place? You know, I, I really don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Have you studied the Bible about what uh, the Antichrist is? Uh, Book of Revelations, yeah. So what is the Antichrist to you? Is it a system? Is it a person? Is it a place? Mm, I guess it's like, to me, it's an energy source or a type of uh, negative energy. Do you have any idea of what the Antichrist is? Is it a person, is it a place, or a system? No, but usually if it has to do with anything regarding religion, I stay away from it. The Antichrist, is it a system, is it a person? You were explaining a little bit about it, but what is it in just one or two words? Um, the Antichrist is actually a, is a person. I met him actually the other day. It was, his, it was a white guy. He was pretending to uh, say his name was Jesus. He had a cigarette in his mouth, and he told me he was going to walk across the water. I believe it's a person. I think it's a person. Yeah. To you, is the Antichrist something that is here or that is something from the past or that will be in the future? To me, it's a presence. To me, it's a presence that's always here. So you see there's a lot of people down in Chicago that have a lot of different opinions on who the Antichrist is and what he, where he comes from. Is he a person? Is he a place? Is he a system? Is he a feeling? Is he an emotion? And so uh, we're going to look at that tonight, Chad. Before we get going, though, why don't you pray for us? Yeah, would, would you bow your heads with us just for a moment as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've given us the Bible. I thank you that this book opens up to us the truth of salvation through Jesus Christ. 
And I thank you also that this book reveals to us the deception of the enemy. So we don't need to be in, in darkness. We don't need a veil over our faces. But through Jesus Christ, you can open the veil and show us the light. So I pray now that as we open this book, the Bible, that our minds would go away from all the things of the week and they would be locked into the pages of your book. We give the time to you. May your Holy Spirit rain down in this place. In the name of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. If you guys don't have a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand, and we're going to have uh, Gavin in the back, and John, he's gonna, they're going to go ahead and pass out a Bible. Go ahead and raise your hand if you don't have one. You might, there's a couple up here in the front. You might want to lead them over to them. If you do have your Bible, please turn in it to Revelation chapter 13. And one of the reasons we're going to be looking into the Bible, and we want you to look into it for yourself. Now, you could bring your own Bible from home. We want to make sure that you realize what we're studying here in this seminar is the Word of God, the Bible. And we want to basically, we, we make a promise that this is going to be the book that we're going to be studying. And we want to test everything that is said. By the scriptures. We're not just going to throw a bunch of opinions into a hat and draw one hoping that it's the right answer, right? Exactly. We want, we want to let the Bible interpret itself. So take your Bible along. If you don't have one, that's all right. Just come out. There'll be a Bible for you here every night. Okay. In Revelation chapter 13, the Bible says in verse 1, I stood, this is John speaking, the author of the book of Revelation, I stood upon the sand of the sea. Now, if you're a Bible student, uh, what does the sand represent there, Chad? Well, if, if you think about the sand, is it good to build your house upon the sand? No, not biblically. It'd be good to build your house upon a what? A rock. On, on a rock. That's now, right. so, uh, so sand could represent something you know, shifting, something that's not stable. So there, the, he's standing upon the sand of the sea, and he sees a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, uh, this beast we're not going to look at yet, but we want to make a comparison real quick, because as I said earlier, the Antichrist tries to impersonate Jesus Christ. Chad, would you read for us the scripture? Yes, we read here in Revelation chapter 5. Now we're going to notice that this beast, this beast which is also known as the Antichrist of Revelation chapter 13, the beast of Revelation 13, is also the same Antichrist found in uh, Daniel chapter 7. And you see this is this power we are looking at. We see that it's a beast, but we're going to see that this beast correlates, the Antichrist is going to mimic the life and characteristics of Jesus. We see that it's a beast. Now, what is a beast? A beast is a... He's an animal. It's an animal. Now, we normally think of some scary-looking monster like you'd see here in Revelation chapter 13. But when the Bible was written, or not the Bible, but the King James Version was written, the word beast basically just meant animal. So now, did Jesus ever mimic, or did the Antichrist mimic Christ? Did Jesus somehow look like an animal or a beast? We read here in Revelation chapter 5 or 6, I looked and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, amidst the elders, a lamb stood as if it had been slain. Now who is that lamb? The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, according to John chapter 1 verse 29, is Jesus, Amen. right? Amen. It is Jesus. Jesus is the lamb of God. Now, notice we have a beast here in the book of Revelation. He rises up out of the sea. Now, to let you in on a little clue here, to, the, this beast rising up out of the sea, he did that to start his ministry of destruction. Uh, Chad, is there ever a time where the beast rises up out of the sea, mimicking Christ Jesus? Yes, I can think of one time. Jesus, in the same way, just as the Antichrist begins its ministry by rising up out of the water, we read here in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16, 
Jesus, when he had been baptized, went up immediately out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. So Jesus, at the time of his baptism, Jesus began his ministry with, by rising up out of the water. In the same way, the Antichrist begins his ministry by rising up out of the water. We're going to see point by point that the Antichrist mimics the life and characteristics of Jesus Christ. Pick it up in Revelation 13, verse 1. We read here in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, after he rises up out of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns. Now this is interesting. Remember, each point is going to correlate with Jesus. Did Jesus ever have multiple heads? No, I would say no about that. But what is this talking about? I've never seen Jesus with multiple heads. Has anybody out there in the audience seen Jesus with multiple heads? In the Bible? You know, what's interesting though is... This beast here in Revelation 13, he looks a whole lot like the one before him. If, you, if in your mind you go to chapter 12, verse 4, there's a beast, 3 and 4, that has seven heads. It's a dragon. Who's the dragon, by the way, according to Revelation 12? It's Satan. The dragon is Satan. So here in, in chapter 12, the beast before chapter 13, he looks just like him. The beast of 13 looks just like the beast of 12. So it's just like Jesus looks like the one before him. Because in the hierarchy of heaven, isn't there God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, right? So let me pick it up further. You're going to see this thing as we continue. There's a beast that comes up out of the sea having seven heads. Now, the seven heads, you you can see in the scripture, it says, according to John 14, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Because Jesus represented the Father, right? He was saying this to Philip as Philip asked him, hey, show us the Father. Okay, so I'm going to read in Revelation 13, 1 again. The beast comes up out of the sea having seven heads. And it says, and ten horns. Did Jesus ever have a bunch of horns, Chad? Well, I don't know that he had exactly ten, but the Bible is very clear that Jesus did have a number of horns, as we read here in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. It says, I looked, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, amidst the elders, a lamb stood. Once again, this is Jesus. As if it had been slain having seven heads and seven seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So just as this Antichrist power is going to have ten horns, Jesus, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 5, tells us that he also had horns. So this is a mimic, this is a copy, a charlatan trying to mimic what Jesus looked like. Okay, so as we continue in verse 1, there's a beast that comes up out of the sea having seven heads or looking like the one before him. He has horns, and it says upon his... Horns, there was ten crowns upon his heads. Now, listen, Jesus has been mimicked in all these ways. Does he ever have a bunch of crowns? Yes, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 12, we read, His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head many crowns. Once again, point by point, every characteristic that Jesus has, the Antichrist is going to mimic. It's very interesting how we see that they're both beasts. They both come up out of the sea to start their ministry. They both look like the one before them. They both have horns. They both have crowns. What else happens there? Well, notice that it says, And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now, obviously, Jesus never had the name of blasphemy written on Amen. him. But Daniel, did he have a name written on him? In Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, it says, He has on his garment... And on his thigh, a name written. This is talking about Jesus. And say it with me. King of kings and Lord of lords. You see, they both had a name written on them, Chad. 
Are you saying to me that if, if we were looking at this Antichrist power and we were seeing him, we could say, wow, look at that. It's just like Jesus. That's exactly what we're seeing. What we're seeing is that many times when people think of the Antichrist, they imagine some, some you know, imposter, someone coming, or not even an imposter. They imagine some evil power that rises up and says, hey, I'm the Antichrist. All the Christians should follow me. And then who would be deceived by that? Now, Satan is much smarter than that. So instead of having an Antichrist that looks totally the opposite of Christ, he looks what? He looks almost exactly like Christ. So that if it were possible, the Bible says even the elect should be deceived. So we need to know what the scriptures say in order to be able to discern the two. You know, I remember listening to you a while ago as we were doing these tapes. Uh, you said something like, if Jesus came, he would be preaching white, white, white. And then the devil would come by and you would think he'd be preaching black. Black, black, right? He doesn't do that. He preaches off-white, off-white, off-white. And you, it kind of gets a little confusing, though, because, you know, you see white and it kind of blurs with off-white. You don't really know the difference, do you? Yeah, the only, That's what's happening here. Exactly. The only way to tell the difference between white and off-white is when you put them next to each other. Because off-white might look just like the white paper, you'd think, until you put them side by side, then you can distinguish. Same thing with the Antichrist. He's going to look so much like Christ that the only way to distinguish between the two is to have a firm understanding of what the Bible says. So pick it up in verse 2, would you? We read, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. So this beast, he looks like a leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Now you may be wondering, how on earth did Jesus have the look like a lion, a leopard, and a bear? Now did he ever, did our Savior ever look like a lion, leopard, and a bear, Daniel? According to Hosea chapter 13, it says, I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt, and you, have, you shall have no, or I'm sorry, you shall know no God but me. For there is no Savior beside me. Now, okay, who's the Lord, our God, who is a Savior? Come on now, talk to me. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Notice it says, they have forgotten me. Talking about the children of Israel. Therefore, I will be as a what? A lion to them. As a what? A leopard, by the way, will I watch them. And I will meet them like a bereaved bear. You just read in Revelation chapter 13 that the Antichrist is like a lion, a leopard, and a bear. And notice, the Lord God, your Savior, in Hosea chapter 13, is like a lion, a leopard, and a bear. Could you say, oh my. They're just like each other. They try, this guy, the Antichrist, Revelation 13, is trying to deceive. In our next presentation, you'll notice that that's one of the characteristics. Chad, would you pick it up? Yeah, we read on further in verse 2. It says, And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So this... This, the dragon gives him his power, and the dragon is Satan. Satan gives his power to the Antichrist. So you know that the Antichrist isn't necessarily always just Satan himself, because he gives his power to the Antichrist. But what is this meaning? Jesus, did Jesus somehow receive power? Well, it says in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and spoke to them, his disciples, saying, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. We know after he saw the Father there, he was given, he was granted the awesome and overmastering power. In fact, the Bible says clearly in 1 John chapter 4 that greater is the spirit that is in us than the one that is in the world. And it's because Jesus has been given us, or has been given the power, and he gives us the spirit, you see. Powerful. So notice what happens in verse 3. I saw one of his heads, this is talking about the beast here, the, the Antichrist power, as it were wounded to death. Now, this is a fatal activity here. This, this, one, of this, one of the heads of this beast actually dies. 
How does it mimic Jesus? I mean, is there ever a time that Jesus died? Very clearly. We read in, Ma in, Ma or in, we read in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, Being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So interestingly enough, look at what e the, this Antichrist power goes so far as to even mimic the death of our Savior. But it doesn't stop there. What happens? It says right there in verse 3, and I saw one of his heads that was wounded to death. His deadly wound was healed. What would we call that in the life of Jesus? The resurrection. resurrection. Thank you, young man. It says in Matthew chapter 28, the angel answered and said to the woman, do not fear, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He did die. He is not here, for he has risen. Right? Praise the Lord. And it says, as he said. Now, come, see the place where, you, where the Lord lay. It was empty. In fact, in the book of, I think it's John or Mark, it says that, I think it's John, it says that the, the clothes were folded by Jesus. That what he was wrapped in, he folded those things, laid them aside. I'm done with this place. He died, but he was resurrected, just like the beast. Exactly. That's terrible, because listen, they both are beasts. They both come up out of the sea to start their ministry. They both have horns. They both have crowns. They both have a name written on them. They both look like a leopard, a bear, and a lion. They both have been given power, seeking great authority. They both have been dead and resurrected. No wonder it says at the end of verse 3 that the whole world wondered after the beast. Exactly. Does the whole world ever wonder after Jesus? Does the scripture talk about that? Yes, it does. We read in John chapter 12 and verse 19... Then the Pharisees said among themselves, Do you see how you gain nothing? Behold, the world has gone after him. Just in the same way that the world in the days of Jesus, uh, at least before they crucified him, they loved him. People wanted to see more of this man. They wanted to see the miracles that he worked. In the same way, we're going to see things about the Antichrist, or at least the second beast of Revelation, that it will work great miracles to deceive the people of the world. And that's what he's trying to do. That's the, what we're going to be looking at next uh, message in just a few minutes. Well, notice as we skip down to verse 5 in Revelation 13, it says, There was given unto the beast a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. We'll understand in a later message what the biblical definition of blasphemy is. But he, it says, uh, where was I? Verse 5. Power was given unto him to continue 40 and 2 months. Now, Chad, how long is that, 40 and 2 months? Well, 42 months, according to the Hebrew calendar. Now, a, a, a month was 30 days. So if you have 30 days, 30 times 42. Now, who's a great mathematician? How many days is that? 1,260, right? Yep. 1,260 days. Now, which also happens to represent how many years? 42 months is how many years? Let's see, there's 12 months in a year, that's one. Mm -hmm. And you add another year of 12 months, that's 24. You add another one, that's 36. You add half of one, and how many is that? 42 months. 42. So it's exactly three and a half years, right? In fact, check it out. Notice you can see it here very simply. There are 12 months in a biblical year. 12 plus 12 plus 12 plus 6, 42 months. This is, so this same beast continued for 42 months. Now, interesting. So how long, if the beast was going to come to power for 42 months, the Bible says, or three and a half years, how long was Jesus' ministry? According to the book of John, you see that there are three Passovers there, and he started his ministry. One of them is not named Passover, but there are three. He started his ministry before the first one. And that would equal three and a half years. There was also prophecy in the Old Testament where he'd be ministering for three and a half years. That's right. 
So it's clear that, that uh, this beast power here is trying to impersonate our Savior. I mean, how does he get away with that? Is, is that just something we should sit back and say, well, it's okay because, I mean, if, if I know about it, I won't be deceived. It's not a big deal that I tell my friends about it because they're in Christ, they won't be deceived either. Is that true? You know, that's, that's one of the things that I see. And I think in Christianity, we think, you know, we talk to people downtown and some people thought, well, it really doesn't matter. They would say things, well, if, if, if that's important to your religion, then it should be important to you. But, you know, if it's not, well, then it really doesn't matter. The reality is, is the Bible says that the whole world is going to wonder after the beast. It doesn't say a bunch of Christians are going to wonder after the beast. Now, the Christians, many along... Uh, many of the Christians will also follow after the beast. But it is all the world that is going to follow this power. The deception is so great, as has already been said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, that if it were possible, even the elect should be deceived. So this isn't something that just, well, you know, it'll be pretty obvious and, you know, we'll be able to know. You can just tell the difference. But the Bible's very clear. We need to know if, if it wasn't important. Do you think God would have spoken about it in so many chapters in the Bible? You know, the Bible refers to the Antichrist in type or actually in the book of Esther, in the book of First Kings, in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, chapter, well, it's type in chapter 3, chapter 6, there's a type, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 11. It goes into Revelation chapter 13, 14, 15, all the way through to chapter 21, I think it is. And, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many times the Bible refers to this Antichrist power. It seems important to God to show so many times, yeah. should it be important to us. Exactly. So, you know, listen, if, if we're good Christians and we go to church and we experience a wonderful time with our Christian friends in a midweek meeting and a service, we sing songs and, you know, we, we read, read Bible stories to our kids, is that enough? I mean, is there a reason to study more? I mean, what's the deal? You know... I fear one of the things that happened in the days of Jesus. You had many people who were religious. They, they kept the laws, at least according outwardly. They did what they could to look like good people. But the reality is, is, is in some ways they were not searching the scriptures because they were holding on to their traditions. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, if, if we are not seeking in the scriptures, we need to, as Christians, be seeking at least once or twice a year, we should probably be reading the Bible, don't you think? Sure, absolutely. Now, I would say ah. much, much more than once or twice a year. Now, I believe as a Christian, we should be spending time in this book daily. Every day. Every day. So that we're reading the words of God. And, and I'll tell you, when you first do it, it's not easy. It doesn't really all make sense. But as you begin reading day after day, it be begins to open up to you. You begin to learn more and more. You see things that you've never seen, maybe that you've never heard about in church, things that are so amazing. And, and God wants us, He wants to reveal these jewels to us, to not, not only fill our minds with, with interesting thoughts, but actually change our lives and bring us closer to the Savior. Amen. The Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 53, Verily I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. You ever seen that bumper sticker? It says, what part of no don't you understand? Right? Jesus said it plainly. If, and, and then later in verse 63, he explains what he means. He's actually talking about his words. He says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. That means if you neglect your Bible, and there's so much dust on it that you could write the word condemnation on the cover... Really what it's saying is, you don't have life. So what we're trying to do is we're not trying to really educate about the Antichrist, though we are, because we're going to tell all about it. We're trying to educate about Jesus Christ. Amen. Because, you know, seriously, Chad, if, if these people understand who the Antichrist is, that it's trying to impersonate, that it has different characteristics, that, it, you know, the order of the Antichrist, all these other things, 
big deal if they don't know Jesus Christ. That's right. You know, and, and as I'm thinking about it, as Daniel said, we're going to be talking all about it. We are going to actually go through the, point, the characteristics that we see in Revelation chapter 13 here. We're going to be looking into Daniel chapter 7. We're going to lay out on the screen the different characteristics of the Antichrist. And virtually every person in this room, we're not going to say this is who it is. You are going to figure out. We're going to finally ask you, who is the Antichrist power? And the answer will come from the vast majority. Probably 90% of the people in this room will be able to yell out and say, I know who it is. But even if, even if you could know, if you did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Amen. you'll still follow this power. That's so right. the reality is it's more important to know Christ personally, even more important than knowing who the Antichrist is. But God in His mercy, in His love, He reveals to us the future so that we will not be deceived when these things come to pass. So let's wrap this thing up. We've got Revelation 13, verse 1. We have seen that they are both beasts. Count them with me, would you? They're both beasts. They both come up out of the sea to start the ministry. They both look like the one before them. They both have horns. They both have crowns. They both have a name written on them. They both look like a leopard and a bear and a lion. They both have been given power, seat, and great authority from the one before them. They both have died. They both were resurrected or the deadly wound was healed. The whole world wondered after the beast and they both continued for three and a half years. How many points was that? Come on now. At 14. Thank you. You're counting. Good job. 14 different points. And listen, we skipped a couple of verses. There are a lot more in Revelation. In chapter 13, we can go over a lot more points. But you see, we're trying to cut ourselves down to half an hour for you guys. So we can't go into all the details. If you wanted to go online, www.chicagooutpost.com. Tonight, I'm going to change the website. And it's going to have a little link there that you can get the PDF, which is a public document uh, file. You'll be able to view more of the notes on this study if you're interested. Okay, you can uh, have them for yourself there. So, Chad, um, where do we start in the Bible if, if we're going to be staying away from the Antichrist and trying to go toward Jesus Christ? Where do we start? What do we do? You know, if you have never... Now there, I, I'm guessing there's all different kinds of people. My hope is there's all different kinds of people. Christians, different religions, whatever it is. But the reality is this. Is if you're going to begin in the Bible, one of the best places to begin is in one of the Gospels. You can begin maybe in the book of John. Many times people love the book of John. or The book of Mark, I think, is one of the simple Gospels. Just a lot of action. If you're into action, Mark is an action book about Jesus. And you can read in these pages and begin to find out what Jesus was really like. And as you begin to find out what Jesus was really like, it'll begin to unfold, especially as we go into the, these meetings, the distinctions between Christ and Antichrist. So I want to encourage every person in this room, if you're not already having a daily devotional time, a daily study of God's Word where you open it every morning, because the reality is the best time is the morning. It's not always easy to get up. I'll tell you, yeah. it's never really easy for me to get up. I've got to be honest. But spending that time with Christ daily is one of the biggest blessings of my life. For the last... Yeah. I don't know, maybe seven years, I pretty much consistently had a daily devotional time with Christ. And it's been the best seven years of my life in, for, in reality. Absolutely. Mine the same. So I wonder how many of you would like to say tonight, Lord, I want to learn more about the Antichrist. But in this learning more about the Antichrist, I want to follow Jesus Christ. How many would say, I would like to do that? Amen. You know what that means is, is crack open your Bible and study it for yourself. Let's pray together, okay? Father, bless us as we continue on learning and understanding what the Bible teaches. 
Thank you that tonight we've learned that the beast power of Revelation 13 has been doing as much as he can to look just like Jesus. But give us the eye salve of Revelation chapter 3, put onto our eyes, our spiritual eyes, that we can see clearly what this beast is trying to do. Thank you for these people coming. Bless us as we take a short break and prepare us for the next meeting. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.